What is going on, church? How are we doing today? Are you good? Are you, are you pumped up? Ready to go? Ready to rock and roll? Um, man, uh, so thankful that you guys are here today, and I'm also thankful for everybody who is watching online, online right now. We love you. Come on, can we take a moment? Let's welcome everybody, church, who's walking, watching with us online. Glad that you're here. Um, I want to take a minute and highlight something that happened this week. We had a phenomenal fire first Wednesday. Anybody who was here, like, can tell you it was just, it was so good. It was so good. And uh, our first Wednesday service is where we get together, spend a little bit more time in worship and praying about needs and then just let, you know, just responding in prayer. And man, it was so, so good. And so uh, I really, God is on the move. God is on the move. And that is undeniable. And he is working in people's lives and he is changing people's lives and, and he is healing people and uh, saving people. It's really, really cool to see. And so we've just, th- these first Wednesdays have just been building. It's been really spectacular. And I'm very excited about our April 1st Wednesday, just coming up in a few weeks, because I have a special announcement, y'all. This is a pretty big deal. Uh, but my pastor, Pastor John Lindell, is going to be bringing the word uh, this uh, April. Come on, let's give a little, little Lord a hand up and praise for that. That's so cool. There he is. He's the man, all right? He's, it's so, uh, many of you know, we started our church after uh, being at James River for many, many years and, um, and uh, can still consider them home and uh, still consider Pastor John and Debbie our pastors. And so really, really excited about having him with us. This will be the first time that he's spoken at Summit Park, which I'm very excited about. Uh, so that's just really significant. But what's also really cool is God is doing some very spectacular things at James River Church. Uh, he's moving. People are getting healed. It's really significant. And so we're praying. And I was texting pastor this week. Uh, I was so, so, just so excited about you coming. And I and, uh, just said, hey, I'm already praying that God will begin to do a work. And uh, because God, God, God wants to change people's lives. Uh, and I, I love this. And I mentioned this in the first service. But I love the fact that God is alive and he wants to move, right? Like, and I think like, if, if God is alive and he wants to move, then I'm like, hey, I want all that you have for me. And so, and I, and I want to see that in my life. I want to see that in our church. And so really praying that that will be a significant time. I want to encourage you already be praying for that. Let's be praying that God does something significant and it's going to be awesome if you believe it. See, I do. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, I'm very excited to uh, jump into our series today. And I do have a little special apparel that I'm wearing here on my pocket. And my wife, this will drive my wife crazy if she saw me. Because every time I wear my glasses in my pocket, she's like, don't do that. I don't know where else to put them, though. Because I need them now. I need them now. Okay? This is a thing. This is a thing. And so um, the last few weeks, it all it happened very suddenly in, in November, October area. Uh, and... And so I've been trying to like, like preach without them, but then I'd get to verses. And so I'd be reading verses and you really don't want to mess up the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like I say dumb things and it's okay, but you, won't, you don't want to say dumb things when you're reading scripture. So I will be using them uh, when I read the verses, if that's okay, church, if that's, if that's all right. Um, baby, thank you. Thank you to the to the community, the glass community. Here we are. It's amazing. Um, all right. We're, uh, okay, we're continuing our series on Matthew, and we are asking the question, uh, what would it be like, what would it be like if we could, like, walk with Jesus? Like, really, truly walk with him? Like, 
you know, get a chance to see him in action. 2,000 years ago, he's here, he's, he's moving, and he's doing miracles. He's, he, he's healing people. He's, he's making loaves, just a few loaves, into a multitude of food. Like, wouldn't it be cool to see that? Wouldn't it be cool to follow him? And, and what Matthew does in his gospel is give us that. He's giving us a firsthand, close-up, personal viewpoint. It's a biography of Jesus' life. And, and for Matthew, it's really significant. Because Matthew is showing us that Jesus is the king of the kingdom, the kingdom of the heart, the kingdom of the soul, the kingdom that matters. And, and this is really important to Matthew because he had been serving a different king. He had been serving the kingdom of Rome. And he had been ser- uh, basically serving the kingdom of self because he was living for money and status and accolades. And, and so he's like, man, if you can meet Jesus like I did, he will totally turn your life around. And that's what happens in the book of Matthew. And he's showing us that we can experience the same. And so we're walking through this. We don't know how long it's going to take. We're just going verse by verse, passage by passage through the book of Matthew. And uh, it's really fantastic because we're getting this, this comprehensive view of Jesus' ministry. And, and now we are in this part where Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we've been covering this for the last few weeks. And, and this is, this is Jesus' stump speech as he is going from town to town, talking about what his candidacy, what his rulership, what his lordship looks like in our lives. And if we will follow him, what he will bring about in our lives. And it's really fantastic. And so a couple weeks ago, we, we opened this and we talked about uh, how the, the person who is poor in spirit, that's the person who experiences God. The person who understands that they can't get to God on their own. The, the, the person who, who realizes that they need God. That's the person who finds him. And then last week we talked about the person who goes and affects change in the world. The person who brings salt and light is, is the person who engages the world with humility. That's the person who changes the world. And so today what Jesus is going to talk about is the person who experiences change themselves. Change in themselves. Not only finding God, but experiences change in their own life. And this is really helpful if you've ever tried to change anything about you. Have you ever tried to do this? Anybody ever try to like break a bad habit? Let me, let me just, just raise your hand if you've ever had a bad habit that you've tried to break. Okay, so most of us are like, yes, I've been there, still am there working on some things. Sometimes, it's, it's, sometimes you can see the bad habits you have. Um, but how many of you know it's always easier to see the bad habits that someone else has? So let's talk about that for a moment. <laughs> How many, like, how many just, like, you have a pet peeve when someone does something, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I can't believe you're a human being and you do this. You know what I'm, and anybody have, like, um, okay, just a couple things, like, how about biting their nails? Anybody biting nails? Does this drive you crazy? Anybody, this is, how many of you bite your nails? Just raise your hand. So a lot, I think maybe if you bite, okay. Does it drive you crazy when someone else bites their nails, chews their nails? Spits their nails out on the floor. I have a friend who does this. Oh my gosh. It's, it's okay, here's the thing, people. Um, public service announcement. Think about where your hands have been. Think about like doors, toilets, right to the mouth. Okay, just anyways, all right, public service announcement. Um, uh, how about, how about this, chewing loudly? Any, anybody know somebody who just struggles with 
the chewing. Like, you shouldn't be able to hear someone chew. Can I get an amen? Like, you can, you can feed back a little bit. Like, I mean, like, let's, you shouldn't be, like, there should be a room that is allocated in houses where people who chew loudly go. And, and they just need to go ha- eat their food separately, and then they can come back with the rest of the house, right? Okay. Uh, okay, maybe a few of you do this. About, how about um, leaving cabinet doors open? Does anybody? That, now, that's something my wife does. Okay, she's not here. She's at growth track, praise the Lord. Um, but uh, this drives me crazy. It's simple. You take the thing out and you close the door. You close the door. Just close it. It's a hazard. Open doors that are cabinets are hazards. Just close the door. We just had a group therapy moment there. That, was, that felt good. We had, that felt good. Um, so you have habits that like you want to change. And then, and then they're like, like bad, like not habits, like bad character traits that we want to change, right? Things like lying, things like lust, things like getting angry. Uh, and these are the things that really matter. I mean, biting your nails matters for sure, but, but these are the things that really matter, like really matter. And what Jesus wants to show us is, is how to experience change in those things, and those things. And so I wanna talk to you for a few moments today about heart matters. That's, that's the section that we come to in the Sermon on the Mount, heart matters. And Jesus is gonna get to this section where, where he's talking about the Old Testament law. He's talking about the Old Testament law and, and, he's, and he's saying, you have heard it said, and it will refer to an Old Testament command. He says, but I tell you. So he's going to take something that was commonly understood and taught and preached, an Old Testament reality, like something that was like, hey, this was a command from God. He's like, you have heard it said this. He says, but I tell you. And what's interesting is he doesn't like, he doesn't deviate from, he's not like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. He actually ups the ante. He takes the Old Testament law stuff and he actually takes it further then the external, and he goes to the heart. What Jesus is most concerned about, what God is most concerned about, is not the performance that we, that we give, but, but who we are on the inside. And that's what, that's what he's gonna talk about, because it is our tendency, and it was their tendency then, it's our tendency now to focus on externals. How many of you know this is our society today? We focus on all of the externals. What, what people think about us, how we look, how we come across. And every ad on, you know, on the internet and every social media platform is consumed with how do we communicate, how do we present ourselves? We all want to present ourselves well. That's, that's probably you know, not a terrible thing at a baseline, right? It's good that like, you all got dressed today. Thank you for, getting, thank you for wearing clothes to church. All right, so there's a level that's, that's important. There's a level of that. But, and and I, want, I, want, I, want, like, I want you to think good of me. I certainly don't want you to think bad of me. Like, like if we had you over to the house, like you're like, hey, I'd love to come over today. I'd be like, hey, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna need like two and a half hours to get things ready because 
If you came over to my house right now, it's not ready for company. Does anybody relate to this? Anybody with kids know what I'm talking about? Like, we are not ready for company. Um, we had a full day yesterday of games, and uh, we're getting ready to go on a trip, so there's stuff everywhere, and uh, we are not ready for, I'm gonna need some time to get things, to put some dishes in the, in the dishwasher. I'm gonna need some time to, you know, to, to mop a little bit, to, to dust a little bit, vacuum a little bit, and then I'm gonna take everything that's in the floor and I'm just gonna put it in the closet. <laughs> have you ever done that? Like when someone's coming real quick, you're like, I have no, I don't even know, just, just put it somewhere. And they're like, oh, I'm gonna go hang, I'm gonna go hang up my coat. And you're like, no, 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 don't open that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what we want to do. We want to present ourselves as all together, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. Like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you know doing that. When, there's nothing wrong with getting your stuff together when company's coming over. But what Jesus is going to hit on today and what he's always going to come back to again and again, not only in the Sermon on the Mount, but in his entire ministry is, is when it comes to cleaning up your character, you can't approach it like that. You can't do the, the quick cleanup. In fact, what, what, you, what you want to do when it comes to your relationship with God is, is not try to get everything clear and clean so that he can come in. What you need to do is be like, Jesus, come right into the closet and clean all this stuff out. Clean my heart because I don't want to just pretend to be different. I want to really be different. And that's what he keys in on, on this section on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're just going to kind of hit these things quickly because he's going to hit three different aspects of life that, that our heart demonstrates unhealth. So he's going to talk about anger, lust, and lying. Anger, lust, and lying. Everybody say, uh-oh. <laughs> we're going to get real today, all right? We're gonna get real today. This is gonna to be good. This is gonna be a good experience and we're all gonna leave better. So why don't you turn to three people and say, it's gonna get real and it's okay. This tells three people it's gonna get real and, and it's okay. It's all right. Um, because what Jesus, he's gonna, he's gonna help us understand that what, what, what he wants to do and what we ultimately want is him to really clean out our hearts so that we don't just pretend to be different, but we are different. And, and because the heart is what truly matters, all right? So we're gonna be looking at this, what I'm gonna do with this passage, instead of just reading a section and then breaking it down, we're just gonna go through it and hit each section as we do. And, and then, we're gonna, then we're gonna look at how we actually can live this out. What is the secret to living this out? And we're gonna walk away better. So if you're ready to jump in, say I am. All right, let's do it. Number one, anger. Not getting what you want. Not getting what you want. How many of you know uh, that, uh, that babies are so cute? Like, these little babies are so cute, and they're so sweet. And, you know, especially all the noises that they make. You know, it's just amazing, right? Little babies, like, okay, and yeah, it's the best, that first you know, few weeks when they're cooing, it's just so sweet. And, and then, and then like, they, when they don't get what they want, I mean, it literally, they turn into that little baby from The Incredibles, you know what I'm talking about? Like the fire baby, Jack-Jack, is that what his name, Jack-Jack? Like, 
That's what they turn into. And it's like, they just get, at least mine did. All three of them <laughs> turned into Jack-Jack. So it was like, it, and, and they would just get mad if, you know, like if they wanted their passy or if they, a toy or whatever, they'd just get mad. And then, and then as they got older, they, they developed a mechanism. I don't know if your kids did this as well, but like with their siblings, if their siblings did something and they just felt like they couldn't do anything, they would just like, ah, and then they would bite each other. They would bite them. I, I, I know you're probably like, what kind of pastor are you? Like, what kind of parent are you? I, I don't know. I like, I really don't know. I need to go to the parenting class, all right? Um, um, but they would go full on Mike Tyson style. It was like, what are you doing? Like, where did you learn this? And, and cause we don't, we, your mom and I don't do that. Like, what are you doing? And, and, and it just, it comes from this place of not getting what we want. We do crazy things when we don't get what we want. We do crazy things. It's like, we are, got it, and, and we, and the fire comes out. And, and that's what Jesus talks, uh, addresses in Matthew chapter five. So I wanna read this verse with you. Matthew chapter five, verse 21. We're gonna read just a couple of verses, then we'll break this down. Matthew chapter five, he says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. That's a good command. Like, not to murder. Like, don't do that. That's, that's, that's not good. And he says, anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. That makes sense. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So what Jesus is saying is like, hey, you've heard it said, like, the law says don't kill each other. That's baseline. He says, but I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna take this further and I'm gonna say, don't even have hate in your heart and don't say raka to somebody. Now, you're like, okay, what is this word? What is this word, raka? It, it, I think the, the pronunciation is raka, but I like raka. It has a little bit more like, ah, you know? Like, <laughs> why don't you think about it like raka, you know? Because that's what we do. We get mad at somebody, you know? That, in that day, what they would do is like, they would disdain somebody in their heart. Like, oh, I disdain that person. Like, that's what they would do. And they would spit, like, you know, it was a whole thing. You know, growing up, I'm from Michigan, Detroit, we'd call someone, that, that person's an idiot, you know? Like, and then in, in Springfield, they'd say, bless your heart. Like, that's what they would say, like. <laughs> and it, it's all rakah, all right? It's all rakah. That's what it is. And so what Jesus is saying is you, you have this disdain in your heart to where when someone does something, it makes you so mad, you wish evil on them. That's what they were doing. They would wish, they would wish evil on them and, and they, would, they, would, they would let their hearts be full of hate towards this person. And Jesus is saying, you may not be actually killing them or assaulting them, but you might as well be because it's in your heart. And that's what matters. He says, the point is not, it, it has everything to do with this idea, I'm gonna go up to the line, but I'm not gonna cross over the line. And Jesus is like, the line isn't the point. The point is your heart. Because that anger will end up consuming you, won't it? Have you ever been consumed by your anger? Have you ever obsessed over your anger and just kind of stewed on it and mm, just rolled it around in, in your mind? It's like, it's like you worship your anger. 
in India, we went on a mission trip and there was this hotel and in the lobby of the hotel, there was this little closet that had some idols set up, some Hindu idols. And people would, as they were leaving, they couldn't leave the hotel without bowing down to the idols. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing that they had to do before they left. In the same way, we do this with our anger and our bitterness and our hatred. We can't function until we take time to bow down to our anger. Okay, then here's how this gets evidenced. Because you will not go to certain places if that person is there. Come on, somebody. Right? Thanksgiving dinner. Some of you are like, oh, I can't even believe you brought that up. I've got so much time between now and then. How dare you? But you, they're, and so what we're doing is we're bowing down to our anger. We're being led by our anger and our bitterness and our hatred when Jesus is trying to lead our lives. And what Je- our anger and our bitterness will lead us to hate and it will corrupt our heart when Jesus wants to set us free. And he wants us to live a life that is full, that is, that is overflowing, that is abundant. That's what Jesus is trying to bring about in our lives. So, so look at his solution. Check this out in verse 23. He wants, he wants to lead our lives. And look at his solution. He says this, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, he's like, if you go to church and you're worshiping, and then you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. He says, stop your worship. Don't even, don't even, don't even continue worshiping. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift to God. More important than going through worship motions is making sure your heart is not worshiping hate. That's what he's saying. And then what does he do? He, he actually ups the ante. He's like, not just if you're angry, but if you know they're angry. So he's covering all of the bases here. And he's saying, instead of, instead of allowing this stuff to continue to grow, deal with it. As soon as you feel that blood starting to boil in your heart, deal with it right then. And so uh, a few months ago, Jen and I went on a trip to Mexico and we had pulled into this parking garage and I thought they accepted credit cards. And, uh, and so we went, had our day, and then we were coming back and we didn't, I just didn't bring cash. I don't know what I was thinking, y'all. I just, I didn't bring cash on the trip, maybe a little bit and I'd already spent all the cash we had, but I just thought the card was gonna get us where it needed to go. You know, I just thought we were gonna be okay. But this place only accepted cash. So we're getting ready to leave this parking garage and I'm trying to go and I'm like, I'm trying to get cash for my credit card and apparently it wasn't, I'd, I'd done that before in a different country, it wasn't working today and so I was like, oh man, I'm really stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I'm in this parking garage, I've already been here for hours. I'm willing to pay, I just don't have the cash. And so we're getting ready to pull out of the parking garage and I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do and there's now this long line behind me, like 15 cars. So, so I was in a long line and now there's a long line behind me and we're getting ready to leave and she's got the power to set me free by pushing this button and opening the thing and letting me out, right? And so I'm like, ah, so I pull up. I don't speak Spanish very well at all. And I'm like, ah, lo siento. 
no dinero, credit card, you know, and, and she's just like, she's starting to put all this together and she just goes, mm. and then it's like, and then it like hits her, like a couple of seconds go by, she goes, mm. she's just like, oh, I cannot believe you dumb American don't have any money, you know, and so so she, she pushes the button and lets, lets us out. But Jen and I talk about the stage. It's like, mm, that's like when things start getting, like, it's like, oh, no, you, mm, no, you didn't. What Jesus is trying to do is like, as soon as you have that mm, moment, get right. Get right. Before you go through all of your spiritual moments, don't think that you can separate that because that hate, that hate is consuming your heart. And you might, not, you might not have assaulted them. You might not even have said anything about them. You might not have even gossiped about them, but it's affecting your heart. And what God wants to do is to change our hearts, to clean out our hearts. And so this is what Hebrews says. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It says, it's right at the root. Get that thing right as it, as it begins to grow. It's like a weed. If you have a garden, you know, or flowers or, or, or vegetables, you know, if there's a weed that grows up, if you go in and grab that thing when it's small, it, it just comes right out. No problem. But if you let that thing grow... You're going to need, like, to cut it down. You're going to need to dig. It's, it's like a, it's a major operation. He's saying, just pull that weed out as soon as it begins to grow. Get that anger done with so that you can be free before your God. Second thing, lust. Wanting what you shouldn't get. Wanting what you shouldn't get. When you lust for something, it's desiring something in your heart that you are not meant to have. So if you're married, you are designed to desire your spouse only. And so if you're desiring someone else, then you're not desiring your spouse. It, it's, it's not God's will, and it's going to go bad for you. That keeps, that keeps the work of God, that keeps sin comes in, and it separates. All right? If you're single, you're designed to desire a spouse that will be with you someday. Until that point, you're not supposed to desire anybody else lustfully. You're supposed to wait for that moment. Jesus says, you need to not let lust grow in your heart. Look at this in verse 27. You have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Woo! Jesus ups the ante. Because what they were doing is like, oh, well, I, 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 haven't, I haven't done the act. And Jesus is like, but your heart is corrupted. And so, so this, is, this is how it looks like in, in, in our day. It looks like, well, well uh, I, I'm not gonna cheat on my wife, but I'll look at porn. Jesus is like, no, 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 that's lustful intent. You're, you're allowing your heart to be corrupted and it's stealing the life that God has for you. 
Or, or again, you'll try to be like, oh, no, 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 I would never do that. I won't look at porn, but I'll just look at everybody who walks by. And she's like, no, and, and, and that's, that's what people do. Like, oh, no, I would never look at porn. And so you think you're fine, but no, you're missing the point. Your heart is going all over the place. And it's, it's robbing you from the relationship God has for you. And it's robbing you for the, from the life that God has for you. Or ladies, it would be like, oh, I would never cheat on my husband. But you're developing this relationship at work. And you're thinking about him. You're spending lots of time talking to him. You're comparing your spouse to him. Come on, somebody. All the time. And you say, oh, I haven't done anything wrong. You've let lustful intent in your heart. And it's corrupting you. And it's stealing the life that God has for you. And Jesus says, you're going you're going, to, you're going to miss out on what I want to accomplish. And so he has a solution. Watch Jesus' solution. He, he ain't messing around. Watch this. Verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. Yeah. Just, just, just tear it right out and throw it away. <laughs> For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. Wow. Can you, can, I mean, can you imagine if all of us did this? We'd all have no eyes and no hands. <laughs> we would, it, would, it would not be good. It would not be good. Jesus obviously is uh, bringing some exaggeration here to make a point. And he's saying, if, if there's something in your life that you have allowed to be in your life that, that is causing you to go in a direction or causing you to sin, then get rid of that thing. Get rid of that thing. Avoid that thing. Don't keep that thing close to you. Don't play with that thing, but, but get rid of it. For example, if TikTok, okay, <laughs> okay, if TikTok is causing you to sin, cut it off. If it's causing you to lust after other people, if it's causing you to lust after other things, things that you shouldn't have, people, you know, if it's causing you to compare unnecessarily your spouse to somebody else, then just get rid of it. Just get rid of it because it's, it's hurting you. And if you can't handle it, then you can't handle it. And there's a simple solution. Just, just, get, just get rid of it. If that streaming subscription is constantly keeping you up and then you end up watching shows you shouldn't watch and then it takes your heart and mind somewhere you shouldn't go, then get rid of it. You're like, well, then how will I keep up with my favorite shows? <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, It'd be, better if you, it'd be better if you weren't able to know everything that happens in said show with all of your friends. Be like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I, I missed that episode. You know, it's like, and just be like, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I don't know, maybe I, I spent time reading the Bible or I spent time praying or, or being with my spouse or my kids. Like, 
you know, it's okay if you can't handle it. You can't handle it. It's hurting your heart. And your heart matters. Your heart matters. Don't focus on the externals. Focus on the heart. Or lying. Not being truthful about who you are. So if we haven't hit you yet, we're going to hit you now. All right? So like this is like... How many liars in the room? How many liars? And you just raise your hand if you're a liar. Oh my gosh, you all just lied. You all just lied. You all just did. Okay. How many of you have lied in your life? Raise your hand if you've lied in your life. Okay. How many of you have lied multiple times in your life? Okay. How many of you lied multiple times last year? Just, and then you just lied about not lying. So you just lied today. (laughs) Professional liars we are. In a court of law, we'd be convicted. We're liars. We we lie. And and what what Jesus is going to talk about is he 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 wants us to be able to be truthful about who we are. Verse 33 says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Apparently what, what was happening in Jesus' day is people, if they really meant they were gonna keep a promise, they'd be like, I, I swear by heaven that I'm going to do this. But if they weren't really gonna keep the promise, they'd be like, I swear by this podium. You know, because like this podium isn't heaven. So what they were doing is they were making levels of their integrity. And, and, and so what they were doing is they were creating multiple versions of themselves. And Jesus is like, you are so missing the point. You think that the point is not crossing the line because you make all of these levels that you don't cross. The point is your heart. The point is you're, you're intentionally being deceitful. What Jesus is trying to say is, don't let there be two versions of you. Let there be one version. One version. Integrity. That word comes from the word integer, which is a whole number So think about it this way, when you are being integrous or operating in integrity, then you are being more whole. You're being true to yourself and you're being true to who God wants you to be. He says, don't let there be two versions of yourself. Don't pretend to be one way at church and another way at home. Do you know this is a big thing, this is a big thing with kids, honestly, little Sidebar, big thing with kids. When they, see, when they see us act one way at church, but then we act another way at home, they're like, what's that? That's not real. It's, it's about letting all of that come together. I'm gonna say, we, and here's, this is why this is important to understand that we have a gospel theology. Our theology is not we're perfect people. Oh, everything's great all the time. Oh, just amazing. Praise the Lord, just awesome. No problems at all. How can I pray for you, brother? 
No, no, we, we're just, we're real. Like, hey, I'm not perfect. So like to my kids, like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna make a mistake, so I'm gonna apologize. I made a mistake, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have acted that way. That's why we're imperfect people on an imperfect journey toward a perfect God. Having that as a core, as the core of our theology, understanding that we're saved by grace, not works, is that, that God loves me in spite of me, that he forgives me, that he, that he cleanses my heart, that I'm gradually moving, and I'm not perfect, I'll take a step back, I'm moving, and I wanna be, I wanna be who he wants me to be. Not letting there be two versions. This changes everything. Think about this. What would this look like if we lived this portion of the Sermon on the Mount? We'd be less angry, less lustful, and more truthful. Our relation, we would feel better, our relationships would be better, and the church would be what the church is supposed to be. What Jesus just got done telling us it should be, salt and light. That's why we have to, that's why this stuff matters. That's why this is really, really important. And it's very interesting, before all of this at the beginning, Jesus says, uh, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Think about this. He's getting ready to talk about all these things. And he says, he says, um, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees. Now, again, the Pharisees were the people who made, it's like, here's the line. Here's a line that I'm not gonna cross. Then here's another line. And then here's another line. I'm gonna worry about this little line so I don't cross that line. So these people are professional rule keepers. In fact, uh, in the study this week, there was a, there was a reference to some Pharisees who were, who were called the black eye or head bump Pharisees because they would walk around and even if a woman was coming, they would just close their eyes and then run into things. <laughs> Jesus is like, unless your righteousness surpasses them, you don't get there. Nobody can do this. Nobody can do this. But he gives us a clue right at the beginning. We didn't hit this verse, but this is the clue, and this is everything. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. So before all that he just told us, or that we just went through, he gives us this. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Apparently, they were talking about Jesus like, you know, he had come and, you know, maybe he was so gracious that they were like, he's, he's anti the law. He goes, no, 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 don't think I'm come to abolish. He says, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Who came to fulfill the law? Jesus. Jesus did. How did he do it? He lived a perfect life. He died a death that he did not deserve. And then he overcame death, hell, and the grave to give us victory. So he fulfilled it. What did he say in the cross? He said, it is finished. It's done. Sin is paid for. The law was fulfilled. So our perfection doesn't get us to God. 
His perfection does. And his grace and mercy extend throughout eternity, pouring out on those who believe, who will put their faith in it and say, I trust you, Jesus. My faith is in you. So so it's all about order. And we talk about this a lot, but we can't talk about it too much. It's all about order. It's not about trying to get to God so God likes you. It's about understanding that God loves you so much that he came to you and died a, a death that he did not deserve so that you and I can walk in victorious Christian life. And he gives us a spirit that empowers us that, and, and it changes our desires. So here's the thing as a believer, you want to follow God. If you're a believer, you want to follow God. You want to honor him, but you struggle. But if you trust him, his spirit will help you. And when you fall, you just keep moving towards him and you keep trusting in him. That is the point. It's about loving someone greater, the one who came to fulfill the law for us. That's what the, all of this is about. And if we, if we let this if we let this really sink into our heart, the love of God, the goodness of God, the cross of Christ, it will change our motives, it will change our desires, it will change our relationships. We will be mad less. We will love more. And we won't let there be two versions of ourselves, just one, one that's imperfect but it's moving toward the one who is. Amen? Would you stand with me, church? I just want to take a moment. This is really important. It's really important to process together because uh, this hits everyone. Like, this hits everyone. So if you're feeling like, oh, man, this is hitting me, it's hitting everyone because none of us are perfect. But again, if we, if we can process this right and we say, God, I, I really genuinely want what you have for me and I ask you to move in my heart. And maybe there's some things that as I, as I was talking today, God just started pushing on. The Holy Spirit just started pushing on. Being like, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta speak to that. You gotta speak to that. It's hurting you. It's hurting your relationships. It's hurting your relationship with God. He's in gentleness and compassion, he comes and he pushes on these things and he says, I want to I help you because I want to I clean that out because your heart matters. Let him do that work. I just want to take a few moments and say, God, do the work that you want to do in me. I want to live a life that honors you. I want to live a life where you are my king and I follow you with all of my heart. Amen? Can we just take a moment and... And let's just, let's just do some business with God right where you are. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the cross of Christ. Thank you for the goodness of God. Thank you for the life that you have for us and want for us. Thank you that you came and that you lived a, a, a sinless life and you, you gave yourself up sacrificially 
so that we could walk in newness of life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are the greater, you are the greater thing. You're greater than our desires. You're greater than our flesh. You are the greatest thing. And God, we just welcome you to come in and clean out the stuff. Clean out the junk. Come into every room. Have your way in our hearts. And let us live lives that honor and reflect glory back to you. And show this world that although we are not perfect, we are uh, we're moving in the direction of the one who is and that you're changing us and you're helping us to see things and differently and you're empowering us to live in victory and that we can, we can be that salt and light to people. So speak to us, we pray. Would you just lift your hands, church, all across this place in an act of surrender and just say, Lord, I give my heart to you. Give my heart to you. You can have every part. Change me from the inside out. I don't want to be consumed with performance. But I want to walk in relationship. I want to walk in newness of life. Lord, have your way in my heart. Have your way in my heart. Let's just take some time. Let's just respond to God and worship. Invite his presence.